again, friend. I am so glad that you're here. And I just, oh, I couldn't even sleep last night because I feel like for me, this word is just so burning in me and I just need to share it. I need to just share with other believers who love the Lord, who love God, how important his commandments are, how important his statutes are, and how important it is to walk in obedience to him. And I know that you, if you are a believer in Christ, that you, you know those things, like a head knowledge, but I just, I pray for you and I pray that you would come to know Yahweh, our God, um, as a good and loving God and that he, he is love and that his truth would just rest in you and um yeah thank you for being here and exploring this with me i truly feel like as a body of believers we have been um deprived of some of the promises that are in the word of god that he has given to those who walk in his ways and follow his commands and these are beautiful promises that I, I believe are alive and active for us, even today, wherever we may find ourselves. So today, I just, I want to talk about freedom. I did talk about it a little bit last time, but it just has been burning in me since then. Like, this is so important for us to grasp. We need to get this and we need to kind of tease out some of the man-made doctrine that we in uh, current Christianity have been listening to and it's been a little bit well it's been twisted and so let's open up the word and kind of hopefully sift through some of this stuff that maybe this doesn't apply to you but I feel like it really applies to me and a lot of the stuff that I've learned through my Christian walk. So freedom, what does that mean? So we sing these beautiful songs about freedom, freedom in Christ. We worship him for the freedom that he, um, that he died for, that he set us free for. So what freedom is it that we're singing about? What freedom is it that he died for? Um, we know these things, but let's let's try to like unpack what this means because I feel like for me When I hear about freedom, okay freedom from death, right? We now have eternal life in him for those that believe in Jesus and that he forgives our sins um, So we have freedom from death we I also feel like there has been an undercurrent which I'm learning was not truth, an undercurrent of freedom from the law. And I've touched on some of these scriptures in the Paulism podcasts. If you're interested in more in depth, please go listen to them. But this undercurrent of freedom from the law that Jesus came and now we're no longer under the law and we're now free from it. But what does that mean? Like, let's let's actually explore that. If that were true, um, what would that look like? Does that mean that 
if we're free from the law that we're free to just do whatever we want because that's what it sounds like if we're free from the law like if that's indeed been abolished or nailed to the cross or whatever these things are that we say what would that look like if we were free from the law and does that yeah does that mean that we can just live however we want that it doesn't matter that we can just um that that we're just free or and this is where some of the hypocrisy can show sometimes or is it that we you know follow some of the things but then some of the things we're told to not worry about um specifically the most common are the sabbath day rest and the idols and and then even some of the food laws or the dietary laws so those are kind of the ones that we're told are no longer important as well as the feast days so we're told those ones aren't important but then the other ones are but then we don't need to follow them because we're not under the law we're free from the law jesus set us free so what where does that come from i guess is what i want to explore with you today and is that true so let's unpack let's head over to galatians 3 I'm going to read to you from the English Standard Version. Um, I believe the NIV is similar to this. But this is often a piece of scripture that we take from to kind of explain that some of these ideas that we're free from the law, that the law is burdensome. I've even actually heard fellow believers say that following the law is sin. So like could that possibly be true could following the law be a curse and be sin because that's that that is the exact words that i have heard and i've seen um yeah but let's let's separate because there is a curse of the law and that is the fact that the wages of sin is death does that mean that the that the law is a curse though and I don't think so but let's read Galatians 3 and kind of um, read where if we are not understanding the words that we're reading we can interpret these words as the law being a curse Galatians 3 verse 10 for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse For it's written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all these things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Um, I'm also going to compare and contrast with the complete Jewish version because I feel like, so you read that and if you skim it over, you're like, okay, curses, law, cursed, if I follow the law, okay. And then that's as far as it goes. But let's look at a more direct translation, which is in the complete Jewish Bible. And it kind of differentiates different types of law. And that is really important because we're kind of all like what's thrown at us when we hear the word law. It's actually 
all the things. So like the, the law of the nature of like our sinful nature. There's a law to that. There's a law, there's God's law. And then there's also man-made law. So there's different types of law and there's different ways of following it. And it's important to differentiate. Okay. <clears throat> For everyone who depends on legalistic observance of the law commands lives under a curse of of the law commands lives under a curse sorry (laughs) let me read that again because i don't think that came off very well um torah can also be translated as law so let's read it that, that way for everyone who depends on legalistic observance of torah commands lives under a curse since it's written cursed is everyone who does not keep on doing everything written in the scroll of the torah Now, it's evident that no one comes to be declared righteous by God through legalism, since the person who is righteous will attain life by trusting and being faithful. So, what it's establishing here is that we're not made righteous through legalistic following of the Torah. That is not how we're made righteous. We're made righteous by trusting and being faithful. Furthermore, legalism is not based on trusting and being faithful but on a misuse of the text that says anyone who does these things will attain life through them. The Messiah redeemed us from the curse pronounced in the Torah by becoming cursed on our behalf. For the Tanakh says everyone who hangs from a stake comes under a curse. Yeshua the Messiah did this so that in union with him the Gentiles might receive the blessing announced to Abraham so that through trusting and being faithful we might receive what was promised, namely the Spirit. So, through Messiah Yeshua, through Jesus, we now are grafted in to the line of Abraham, right? As Gentiles, we're now under Abraham, we're no longer Gentiles, and we also get what was promised, which is the Holy Spirit. And so that ties into actually our freedom as well. Um... Yeah, so life life in the Spirit, Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So here's two contrasting laws here. So there's the, the law of the Spirit of life and then the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So this is what I'm saying is that now we have the spirit in us because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. And so he set us free, but he hasn't this isn't specifically saying that he set us free from the law. He has set us free from the curse that comes from the law. So when we sin or when we disobey, um, then we're cursed and he set us free from that curse. There's also more that he set us free from, uh, as it touches on here, that he set us for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So he's also set us free from the law of sin and death or our sinful nature. So there's a great freedom here that 
even that alone, the idea that we are set free from our sinful nature, I have not heard that myself sitting in the pews and sitting in church. We talk about freedom, we sing about freedom, but actually understanding that what, like the work that Jesus Christ did, not only set us free from death, but also set us free from our sinful nature so that we are no longer bound to it. So let's explore that more because that is huge. Um, one interesting thing is how, like, how do we know what sin is, right? So if we are truly set free from the law and we can now do whatever we want and we're free to do whatever we want, if that were true, then what would sin be? Because sin is the um the transgression of the law like that (laughs) what defines sin god says that it is actually the law of moses that tells us what sin is right that's in first john 3 verse 4 if we want to explore that just a little bit further um first john 3 verse 4 so everyone who keeps sinning is violating torah so those or violating the law so everyone who keeps sitting is violating the law indeed sin is violation of torah or the law so there is our definition of sin it's the the violation of god god's law so the law that he gave to moses that is sin following the law cannot be sin if the law is what tells us what sin is like i don't know if i'm following this path properly or explaining it properly but if the argument is true that following the law is now sin somehow how does that make sense if the law is what is actually what's telling us what sin is without the law we would not know what sin is so if we're free from the law then how then we could just keep sinning because we're under grace and i mean paul talks about that specifically do we just keep on sinning because we're under grace by no means (laughs) like that's not that is not okay that is not the interpretation of our freedom we don't just get to do whatever we want now and thus take his sacrifice for granted he set us free from sin not to just be able to keep sinning but to be free from it. So this is an interesting one because this talks about the law as well. So if the law truly is now evil or following it is somehow evil, um, let's read in James, which is in the New Testament again, James 1 verse 25. But if a person looks closely into the perfect Torah, also other translations, translations say into the perfect law which gives freedom and continues becoming not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work it requires then he will be blessed in what he does so right here this defines the the law the torah as giving freedom as being perfect (laughs) like this is huge and it's just right there just right there in the bible like we hear these things 
of the law being bad and burdensome. And that's not true at all. What Jesus came to speak out against and what he kept calling the Pharisees on was the law of man and the doctrines of man. Those are two different things than God's law and the Mosaic law. Those are different things. And now we find ourselves 2,000 years later also studying new doctrines of man and they are skewed. So test them, test them in the Bible, compare it because just pulling one little scripture from the Bible does not make it truth. It needs to be through the whole thing. And so as I'm pulling up all these scriptures, that is exactly my intent is to to pull up the whole Bible, not the whole Bible in one sitting, obviously, but to let's look at the whole thing, not just one scripture. Let's compare it and contrast and see where we end up. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the Spirit. So the Spirit comes to set us free, right? So we now have the Spirit so that the law is written in our hearts and our, and our minds. Um, so what is it? purpose. Ezekiel tells us what its purpose is. Its purpose is actually to help us walk in in God's statutes and his law. Ezekiel 11 verse 19, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. So there's a beautiful promise about the Spirit, and that that its purpose is to help us walk in His ways, in His commands. That's the whole point. That's exactly what the the Romans eight says too. I read it earlier, but. The point is, is that through through our own flesh, the law just couldn't do this. So now we have the Holy Spirit, and that is what helps us walk in His ways, in His righteous requirement. Um, let's read some words of Jesus here about freedom. So Jesus talked about freedom and what He came for as well. Uh, in John 8, verse 31. So Yeshua said to the Judeans who had trusted him, If you obey what I say, then you are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered, We are the seed of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. So why? what do you mean by you will be free? So just some perspective here is that Israelites were not allowed to take other Israelites as slaves. Like it just was not allowed. They could work for them, but they were never allowed to be slaves for each other. So Yeshua answered them, Yes, indeed, I tell you that everyone who practices sin is a slave of sin. Now a slave does not remain with a family forever, but a son does remain with it forever. So if the son frees you, you will be really free. So he came to set us free. And he says, he tells us exactly what he set us free from. This is the answer right here. So that we are free from sin. So that we are no longer a slave to sin. 
let's hammer this down just a little bit more. <clears throat> Romans in Romans chapter six. So then are we to say, let's keep sinning so that there can be more grace? Heaven forbid, how can we who have died to sin still live in it? We know that our old self was put to death on the execution stake with him. So that that terminology that our that the law was put to death on the stake. No, that's it comes from this, but it comes from a twisting of that of exactly what I'm reading here. We know that our old self was put to death on the, on the cross or on the execution stake with him so that the entire body of our sinful propensities might be destroyed and we may no longer be slave enslaved to sin. And a little further down. Therefore, what conclusion should we reach? Let's go on sinning because we're not under legalism but under grace. Heaven forbid. Don't you know that if you present yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, then of the one whom you are obeying, you are slaves, whether of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to being made righteous. By God's grace, you who were once slaves to sin obeyed from your heart the pattern of teaching to which you were exposed. And after you've been set free from your sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. For just it as you used to, used to offer your various parts as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led to more lawlessness, so now offer your various parts as slaves to righteousness, which leads to being made holy, set apart for God. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in a relationship to righteousness. But what benefit do you derive from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end result of those things was death which we know the result of sin is death, right? However, now, freed from sin and enslaved to God, you do get the benefit. It consists in being made holy, set apart for God, and ends. And its end result is eternal life. So now, through Christ, we have eternal life. We're free from sin. And that needs to be understood. We are no longer slaves to it. We do. It is not our master anymore. And that is huge huge that is so important and so important for our faith and being able to walk this out we now can walk in obedience and to god and it's just it's so beautiful and we do it because we love him um a few more things so oh Sorry. Gonna number these things. So <laughs> I don't know where 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 you are with after all that. Um, I hope that that makes sense. But basically, what I'm trying to sum up is that we sing about freedom. We talk about freedom. Um, it's been perceived somehow that either a we're just simply free from death. Or B, we're free from the law. And I just, I do not see any proof anywhere that that is true. There are a couple scriptures that have been misconstrued, but that doesn't hold up to the test when we test it against all the other scriptures. It doesn't hold up. And that may be difficult. And I, I, I truly am sorry for that because I've grieved lots too. Like, I know that this 
this is hard. This is hard for me to hear and to read. But that's even in the Bible too. Hebrews um, 4, it says, See, the word of God is alive. It's at work and is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts right through where the soul meets the spirit and and joints meet marrow and is quick to judge the inner reflections and attitudes of the heart. So when we do these things, when we walk in this so-called freedom from the law, and we say, well, God knows my heart, what does that mean? Because the, the Bible even tells us the heart is misleading. So what does that mean? Friends, we are no longer, we are free, and we are free from sin. That is what he set us free from is from the curses of sin and also from sin and you might say well of course i'm going to keep sinning that just happens and it's true we we might mess up that's totally true but that does not make it our identity our identity is freedom in christ um first john 2 says my children i'm writing you these things so that you won't sin so let that sink in this freedom that we have in christ this freedom from our sin nature is so beautiful that we are not bound to this i'm writing you these things so that you won't sin but and here we go but if anyone does sin we have the yeshua we have yeshua the messiah who pleads on our cause with the father also he is the atonement for our sins and not only ours but those of the whole world the way that we can be sure that we know his him is if we're obeying his commands anyone who says i know him but isn't obeying his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him but if someone keeps doing what he says the true then truly love for god has been brought to its goal in him this is how we are sure that we are united with him a person who claims to be continuing continuing in union with him ought to conduct his life the way that he did. And then further down in John, um, this is again the piercing, the double-edged sword. Like this, this pierces. And please don't take this lightly. There are lots of things that might be uncomfortable in the Bible if you actually are reading it yourself. And I've come across these things many times, and they are hard to read but we need to read them still they are important first john three children don't let anyone deceive you it is the person that keeps on doing what is right who is righteous just as god is righteous the person who keeps on sinning is from the adversary other versions say is from the devil because from the beginning the adversary has kept on sinning It was for this very reason that the Son of God appeared to destroy these doings of the adversary. No one who has God as their father keeps on sitting, because the seed planted by God remains in him. This, that is, he cannot continue sinning because he has God as his father. Here is how one can distinguish clearly between God's children and those of the adversary. Everyone who does not continue doing what is right is not from God. 
So friends, I, I read that with a, a heavy heart because that is hard. Pull it up. Stew on it. Um, but we, we do not need to keep on sinning. When we do, when we mess up, we have somebody on our behalf, Jesus, which is so amazing. But this is saying that those that are choosing a life of sin, so those are choosing to obey the law um, and live that way and living as though that's okay, they, they are not in the truth. So I don't say that lightly. And yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll leave it at there, but I just need to keep pounding this home that all these things that we've been told about the law, the law being burdensome, the Torah being no good, it's just, it's not truth. It is not truth. It is our foundation. It is how we know what sin is. And it's saying that it is in fact freedom and it's perfect and it's good. And it's, these are laws from God. Why would he say, Okay, these are the laws that I want to follow want you to follow to the Israelites. And when you follow them, you get all these promises. And then just a short while later, he says they're no longer important. Like that doesn't like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> that is not who God is. Okay. So I hear kids coming at me. I'm going to stop here. I hope that I have said this with a gracious heart and I I just pray that where my words are lacking that the Holy Spirit fills in and friends just know that God's words are true and beautiful and perfect and they are only to give you life and life more abundantly do not listen to the lies of the world anymore that his laws are burdensome and difficult it is just not truth he has set us free and he has set us free from sin, and he has set us free from death, and that is amazing, and that is worth following him, and that is worth following his commands, like, it's just, it's so unbelievable, it's so good. Okay, so next time, I promise, we're going to talk a little bit more about what this means, because truly, it's not burdensome, it's not bad, if you're unsure, please go ahead and read through the first five books of the Bible, which is the Torah, and actually find out what are the words that he says, because they're pretty good things. It's all, it's pretty good stuff in there. So be blessed, my friends. Walk in his ways. Pray that you just come to know him more and more. And um, yeah, talk to you next time. Bye.